Welcome to The Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mom of six kids, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Payne Show. Today, we are going to talk about why we are no longer fostering. We wanted to do an episode to just share our hearts and share why we made this decision, how we came to it, and what it means for our family. Also, though, it's going to tie into my new book that comes out March 7th called The Time-Saving Mom, How to Juggle a Lot, Enjoy Your Life, and Accomplish What Matters Most. And so we're going to talk about yes and no and decision-making and priorities. And then at the end, we have a special feature that I've never done this before, Jesse. I'm actually going to share a little part of my new book. So I'm going to read some of the introduction and first chapter just to give you a little taste of the book. And then we'd love to encourage you to go get yourself a copy if you haven't done so already. It's called The Time-Saving Mom, like I said, and it's available Amazon. Baker Bookhouse has the best deal. It's $13.79 with free shipping only until it releases March 7th. So go get yourself a copy, get a great deal on it right now. Baker Bookhouse will put the link in the show notes, or if you just want to order on Amazon and also the Audible um, version is available for pre-order as well. And if you go to moneysavingmom.com, there are a lot of really fantastic freebies that you can get when you pre-order. So go check that out. All the links in the show notes. Jesse, let's start the show the way that we always do, and that's with what's saving our life. And you don't know what I'm going to say today. <laughs> I have no clue. But I think you're going to agree that it is a really good choice. And that is the gift that you got me for Christmas. CarPlay. Actually, I could talk about both gifts you got me for Christmas, but we're going to start with CarPlay. And then maybe our next episode, we can talk about the other gift because that's the gift that keeps on giving. Um, and we're still... That sounds weird. Um, We are still learning from it and still have a lot of takeaways from it. You're trying to remember what other gift you gave me. I can see you're just the wheels turning in your head. What is going? You know the other gift that you gave me. Yes, I did. The gift that required seven vials of blood. (laughs) Yep. Didn't feel quite like a gift in that moment, but we will share more about that in a future episode because we're still. Um, working through, talking through, learning from the results of that. Um, we did the inside tracker blood test and that was one of the gifts. But the other gift that you gave me for Christmas was CarPlay. And this is something that I have kind of felt like, I don't know if I would use this and you had suggested it, but then more and more as I was thinking about it and as I was driving your car that has, that has it CarPlay already, already installed, I was like... I think this is something that I would actually find really beneficial. And so you bought me the, what is it? It's a head unit. The head unit. And then you paid to get it installed Mm -hmm. just, was it last week? Yep. And I have absolutely loved it. Um, 
for many reasons, but basically it's just, if you're unfamiliar with car, what CarPlay is, you can plug your phone in like you're charging and then, okay, so did you, did you want to say, did you want to say something on the podcast? No, no, then you're going to have to be quiet. Okay. You want to sing a song? Okay. Let me hear your song. What song did you want to sing? <laughs> oh, you wanted to push a button and play something. Okay, you can push one button on the podcast machine. What button? Oh, the pink one. Okay, yeah. the pink one makes like people are clapping. It's called applause. I heard it in my ears, but you, you can't, can't hear, hear it. it. <laughs> the purple one? Yeah. Okay, now you have to go play, okay? Because we're going to finish the podcast. All right, let's go. So basically, car play is just you plug your phone into the car. An Apple with, phone. With the charging cord, like as if you were charging your phone. And then whatever is on your phone screen comes up on a screen on your car's dash. Is that? Yep. Okay. And so it's really fantastic because if you're someone like me who is somewhat reliant upon the uh, maps on your phone, like mm -hmm. the Waze app. And especially if I'm driving to downtown Nashville, some new place that I've not been before, I really need to have that talking to me and showing me where to go. It's very, very helpful. And mm -hmm. so having that on my car dash versus down on my phone, really, really helpful on the busy highways. Mm -hmm. Then you can also play music or listen to podcasts or audiobooks, whatever is on your phone, you can easily then play it through the car speakers. Mm -hmm. And there was some capability with my phone and my car to be able to do that before, but it a lot of time didn't work. And you get in the car and sometimes it would work, sometimes it wouldn't. Sometimes mm -hmm. if your phone was charging, then it wouldn't play on there. It was being really finicky. It was just... And so... If I wanted to charge my phone, I couldn't listen to anything because it wouldn't play on my phone otherwise. So just weird, but this has fixed all of that. And so to be able to have ways and directions, plus be able to play whatever is on my phone mm -hmm. and charge my phone at the same time, it's just a game changer. And it makes me enjoy driving a lot more. And I do quite a bit of driving. So yeah, I really like it because the interface is so much like your phone. I mean, it is. It's... CarPlay is the Apple product that is the interface on the radio um, that allows you to use your apps and things that are on your phone. They're on, in your car. They do make uh, Android Play, I think is what the one for Android is. And that's on that system as well. So if you have an Android phone and plug it in, it pulls up the Android interface. So yeah, it's purely a safety issue is why I got it for you. And for me, it's maybe more, I mean, there's a partial safety issue, but it's also just the enjoyment issue. So yeah, yeah. Oh, I agree. It just, it just makes driving a lot more enjoyable. So thank you for that Christmas gift. I was going to do this really great segue about audiobooks in the car to the audiobook that I'm listening to, but... I am not sure that I'm going to share the audiobook that I'm listening to because the jury's still out whether it's one that I feel comfortable recommending. So I'm gonna gonna put a pin in that and we will move on to why we are no longer fostering. Jesse, this was a decision that we wrestled over 
a lot, maybe me more so than you. Yeah. I think that you probably tend to be the more realistic one in our relationship. <laughs> you maybe it's like I'm the optimist and you're the realist because I wouldn't say you're a pessimist. You're just more no. the realist. And and we balance each other out really well because and, I, but there's other, other times that I'm more optimistic and you're more realistic. Yes. I feel like when it comes to saying yes to things like serving people and mm -hmm. that sort of thing, I tend to just think, well, I mean, the sky is the limit and we can just you try to do make it things all. work. Yep. And uh, I was sharing on a podcast that I was being interviewed on the other day, how I'm the kind of person I'm just like, yes. And just immediately I will say yes. And you have taught me to do a much better job of stopping before I say yes, and mm -hmm. really thinking about the ramifications of this yes. And you're the one that's always like, how? Because <laughs> I will just, well, we'll figure it out. Yeah. And you are good about challenging me with the how. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I do believe that there are sometimes that God calls you to say yes to things that there uh, isn't a how for. Definitely. And I know when we said yes to David, it did not make sense. Mm -hmm. Five days before my book is coming out, you're in, you know, Florida with the older girls, and I already had a lot on my plate. Mm -hmm. And then to say yes to something that was so far beyond anything that we had any experience with, and the yes was even bigger than we realized once he got to us and we realized how sick he was. But God was so faithful. And I realized I said the word sick. I, I think malnourished is probably the better, like he was Sick, sickly. He was sickly, yes. yes. But God was so faithful. And I think both of us had such confidence mm -hmm. in that yes. And so I look back and know that was just something that God gave us that confidence, both of us. So when we got to close to his adoption, um, there's the thing that comes up of like, okay, what what is the future going to look like? And we really just had our hands open, but I think you being more of the realist in this, recognizing our hands are open, but they're very full. Mm -hmm. And looking around, just thinking of, you know, we're in the process of launching Catherine. Um, she will be graduating in just a few months. And then Caitlin is a junior, so she's going to be a senior next year. We're going to be launching her. And then thinking of just, what's that? <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just sitting in that thought. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think we might, we might have a very short, a short launch. The launch might be <laughs> in our backyard or something. Actually, she's only, she's going to be young when she graduates. Yeah. So we already are planning that she's not going to be going off to college in the first year. Um, but that aside, um, there's just a lot that we want to really hone in on and focus on. And so to think of being able to show up fully for our girls in this big season of their life, and then to think of their Silas and he is getting ready to, you know, he's going to be going into eighth grade and um, turning 14 and he's talking about wanting to get a job. And then we have these three young ones who- You're making me feel really old right now. <laughs> These three little ones who need a lot, yeah. you know, they're just in the season of they need constant 
oversight. They need a lot of just pouring into. And these are the years when we are teaching and training for the future. Mm-hmm. And so just thinking of all of that, and then David's extra needs and his multiple therapies and appointments every week, just the thought of saying yes to another long-term placement, we just realistically knew that that right now wasn't a smart move. I think both of us were on the same page about that. Yes. But I was still kind of thinking, well, but we could do some respite. We could do an overnight, especially for a baby or a small child. We could still be available to do what we could do. And so what could that look like? What could we do? And I think both of us felt like, well, you know. Yeah, we have areas that we have strengths in that other people don't have. And we were wanting to possibly see about continuing on in those areas of strength if that those needs arose. And so that was what we had kind of pitched to DCS that we could be available to do the occasional respite or short term for a baby, um, especially medically complex. Mm -hmm. So we'd share that with DCS and our former support worker was really on board with that. She said, we'd love to just kind of have you as like in our back pocket. So if something Mm -hmm. like this comes up, you know, you have a lot of experience at the hospital and with um, just different doctors and we have a lot of connections and all of that. And so we could easily go and step into a situation for a short term. The reality of that was even thinking of that and how we would add that to our life did feel like, I don't know. I mean, we could do 24 hours, we could do 48 hours, but much longer than that. Hmm. I wasn't really sure, but yeah. I was like, I want to be available. It's all the unknown because you don't know what, what the next call is going to be. You don't know what all is going to be required of you. Yeah. So we just, we had a piece about that and we were both on the same page. This episode is sponsored by Byheart, And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in, and all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. 
then our support worker left and a new support worker came in and this one didn't know us at all. She hadn't, we hadn't, you know, had the few years of building rapport and her kind of understanding our heart and seeing what we'd walk through with David. Um, and so she came to do our initial meeting and we presented to her kind of what we had told our other support worker. And we could tell very clearly that she was just not maybe in the same place and just feeling more like that was, you know, their mm-hmm. policy was that you're supposed to take a long-term placement within a short amount of time, you know, technically sometime between three and six months, you need to take a long-term placement according to DCS policy. Well, and, and they also have certain needs that they're looking for. Yeah. And w- w- our family is not equipped at this time or ready to meet those needs. Yeah. Their real need right now is for families to take teens or large sibling groups. And neither one of those are ones that we know we would be able to do right now. And so it was just really helpful because we had prayed a lot leading up to this meeting. Okay, God, if you are calling us to, you know, close our home, make that really clear. Mm -hmm. And it was just, I think both of us so clear in that meeting that God was using this DCS policy and this new worker to help us to face the reality of this is this is the right this is the right decision. Mm-hmm. And the the beauty of in Tennessee is that you can close your home for up to, to two years and you don't need to do any of the stuff that you have to do to get licensed in the first place. And again, right. like as long as you reopen within two years, you can just kind of fill out a little bit of paperwork, have them do a walkthrough and jump right back into fostering. And so that's kind of a nice thing of like, we're not right now saying, you know, we're never fostering again. But I think both of us are wanting to keep our hands open, but also wanting to be realistic of what is God calling us to. And we don't know what that looks like, Mm -hmm. but it was, it was hard. I mean, especially for me, I just feel like I'm so passionate about foster care. And you are too, Jesse, but I think, again, the the realist in you recognizes mm-hmm. maybe more so than me of what we're capable of and right. where our capacity is and what our six kids in our home right now really need. And so I, I struggled with that. I wrestled through, what does this mean? What would this look like? And I think the biggest thing for me is just that feeling of, you know, there are so many needs out there. Mm-hmm. And we know because we still are getting the text messages, you know, could we take anyone, you know, here's the list. Um, I think they're finally going to stop sending us those because we finally got the letter that said our home was closed. But well, I think the beauty of it is, yes, you recognize that there's still a need, but it doesn't have to be us. Mm -hmm. And what I was going to say, the beauty of it is, is there was complete unity across the board in our decision. Our kids are very passionate about foster care. Both mm-hmm. we've got, I've got two of our children are writing papers at school about the need for foster care. Mm-hmm. And they all have that passion, but they all agreed that this was the next thing that we needed to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, you know, seeing how God leads through that to where, you know, saying yes to David, you and I both had this clear mm-hmm. yes. Whereas with, closing our home to foster care, you know, we also, I, I was a little bit more reluctant, mm-hmm. you know, 
but hearing your heart and hearing their hearts and just knowing, okay, this is the right thing. Like this is the season to say no. And I was talking about it on Instagram. I'm the money saving mom on Instagram. And someone said how we often celebrate yes in our society. We rarely celebrate no. (laughs) And I thought that that was really profound. And it just made me think of, you know, we need to celebrate when God calls someone to step out and say yes, like we said yes to David. And people are so amazing about just celebrating that. But when we are saying, you know, this is our season to close our home and to say no, also to celebrate that. And I was just thinking of who in my life right now is maybe they're making a hard no, the decision to say no, that's really hard for them, but it's the right decision. And to make sure that I'm coming alongside and celebrating that at all as well. And one of the things that I just keep reminding myself of is that us saying no allows someone else to say yes. Mm-hmm. And our no opens up the door for someone else to say yes. The other thing too is our no is saying yes to something else. Yeah. And it's a communication of you're important and you matter. And by saying you, I'm meaning our, our other children, mm-hmm. that we're needing to focus and invest our time and efforts and, and energies on them. Well, and it's like, I don't want to get to the end of my life and look back and realize that I said yes to all these things outside of my home. I mean, technically it's like, foster care, you know, outside of my home and neglected the people inside of my home. And so it's, it's easy to feel like, well, but we need to be out there serving and doing all of these things, but I never want to do that at the expense of the people in my home. And so I, I really appreciate Jesse, your wisdom in leading in this decision and your realism, but also your patience because you waited for me to work through this. You could have just been like, no, absolutely not. We can't do this. But instead, you quietly and patiently asked questions and waited and let me come to that decision so that we were very much on the same page. And it wasn't just like, you made the decision and I had to go along with it. It was like, we made it together. And I really appreciate that. And this really segues into my new book, The Time Saving Mom, because like you were talking about um, we're not saying no, we're saying yes to other things. Right. And I think when we change our mindset to, instead of being like, I don't have time to, I'm choosing to spend my time differently. It helps us to reframe our perspective that we can be intentional with our time and that we do have choices that we make every day. And so instead of just saying, I don't have time for that, really asking, how am I choosing to spend my time? And is it how I want to be wrapping my life and my energy around? Or am I just letting life slip through my fingers? And that's really my heart behind my book, The Time Saving Mom, How to Juggle a Lot, Enjoy Your Life, and Accomplish What Matters Most. And I want to just take the end of this podcast to read to you the first part of this book. Introduction. My hands were shaky. My stomach felt queasy. My palms were sweaty. I was 18 years old at my high school graduation, and I was about to walk up on stage in front of an auditorium full of people to deliver my first public speech. 
I was terrified. I had rehearsed my speech over and over in front of the bathroom mirror. I wanted it to be just right. I was really hoping that my intense nerves wouldn't make me do something like throw up or faint. In case you're jumping to the conclusion that my giving a speech at graduation means I was the class valedictorian, let me set the record straight. I was homeschooled. I suppose you could say I graduated at the very top of my class, but you would also be correct if you said I graduated at the very bottom of my class because the class consisted of me, myself, and I that year in our little family homeschool. My parents had invited our whole church plus many other families they had known through the years to celebrate my graduation. So the church building was packed when I went up on that stage to speak. As I looked out into the audience, there was just one phrase I wanted everyone to remember after I finished my speech. It was simple, but it was, even back then, so important to me. The one phrase I wanted people to hear and take away from my first public speaking event was this, time is short. I don't recall what else I said in that talk. I probably thanked my parents and God. I probably talked a little bit about graduating from high school. I'm almost positive my mom has a VHS tape somewhere that contains my nervous and awkward presentation. And I bet as soon as she reads this, she's going to go dig it out for me to watch. But the one statement I know I repeated multiple times throughout that talk was that time is short. Why did I share this in my high school graduation speech? Because at 18, I already had a passion to remind people of something easily forgotten. We only have one life to live. This is it. I don't say that to be morbid or to depress you. I say this because I think it's a valuable lens through which to view our life. Let me explain. When I was 11 years old, my grandma, who my family was very close to and saw multiple times per week, went into the hospital for what they thought was something that could be quickly resolved. In the process of testing, they discovered that she had cancer throughout her entire body. She never came home from the hospital and died a few days later. Her sudden death deeply impacted me. In fact, since her death when I was a preteen, I've woken up most mornings reminding myself that today is all I am guaranteed. You and I aren't promised tomorrow or next week or 10 years from now. Today is what we have been given. Today is all we have. Maybe you'll live for 70 more years after you read these words, but you don't know that. With this in mind, I aim to live my life asking two questions. What will matter 25 years from now? What will matter at the end of my life? These two questions have shaped my decisions over the last two and a half decades. They have given me a different perspective on life and what is important. They've infused me with courage to say no to opportunities and projects that didn't have any lasting value. They've motivated me to invest my time and effort in what will be important in 25 years and at the end of my life. They've helped me to worry less over superficial and inconsequential things. Most of all, they've served as guiding principles for me to find creative ways to wisely use each day, to maximize my time, to simplify and to use well the one life I've been given. In the last few years, we've navigated the new waters of raising teenagers, finding out we were unexpectedly pregnant twice after a decade of infertility, fostering babies with special needs and medical complexities, and spending lots of time in the ER, hospital, therapy clinic, and doctor's offices, all while running a growing and evolving business and being heavily involved in our community and local church. 
I've been asked repeatedly the million-dollar question, how do you do it all? Yes, there is a lot on my plate. Yes, every week is very full, but I can say with so much joy and confidence that I truly love my life. It's crazy and chaotic some days. At the time I'm writing this, we have a 17-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 2-year-old, and a newborn. Plus, we have been fostering a 2-year-old boy with medical complexities. I'll stop right there. That gives you a little taste of the time-saving mom. I'm going to be sharing more next week in next week's episode. But like I said, it comes out March 7th. And the best deal right now is on bakerbookhouse.com. We will link to that in the show notes. It's just $13.79 with free shipping. Plus, you're going to get access to lots of great freebies like my Makeover Your Year course, like 15 Days to a Healthier You course, like my inbox challenge. If you have a problem with emails and feel like your email inbox is never in control, um, there is an email inbox challenge that I did that walks you through my system for staying on top of emails. I also did a habit tracking challenge that you're going to get access to. You're going to get access to my ebook, 21 Days to a More Disciplined Life and more. So look in the links in the show notes for all these details. And just thank you, thank you, thank you to the many of you who have already pre-ordered the book. It means so much to me and I am just excited. I can't believe March 7th is almost here. And next week, we're going to have a special episode where I'm going to share more behind the scenes. Jesse's going to interview me about the book. And I'm going to read a little bit more of the book to you. But until then, have a great week and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 